Welcome to the Marriage on Fire podcast, the show for couples that shares research-based relationship insights, advice, and strategies for creating and sustaining a happy and fulfilling marriage, where we look at the stuff that truly makes the relationship and how to live a good life. And here's your host, husband and dad and relationship coach, Gideon Hanacom, creator of the popular New Zealand-based blog, TheRelationshipGuy.com. What's up, everybody? This is Gideon, and welcome to Marriage on Fire, episode number four. So today we're going to talk about a very interesting topic, namely how to build trust. So in this episode today, we're going to talk about why is trust so important We're going to talk about women's biggest need as well as men and trust. And also we're going to look at a very simple process that I use with my clients when I teach them how to build trust. Now don't uh, sort of be concerned. We're not going to go into a very long, dragged out process, you know, that consists out of a hundred different steps. I simply want to use a very simple acronym that I'm going to teach you uh, that will sort of, whenever you think of this acronym, help you remember how to build trust and whenever you sort of start losing your way or you know you need to regain your partner's trust in a sense then uh, you can just go back to this acronym and just use it to uh, get back on track so we're going to talk about why is trust so important I think before we you know talk about how to build trust we need to sort of get motivation or a reason uh, for actually building trust I found that a lot of people typically want to know why they need to do something before they actually commit themselves to doing something. So the why of trust. Why is it so important? I think uh, there might be a, a lot of different reasons for why trust is so important, but the sort of most fundamental reason for me and when it comes to relationships and marriage in particular, I think is because it feeds directly into one of our basic human needs, which is the need for certainty or emotional safety. Whenever we feel, you know, that we have certainty in a situation, it is predictable. There is a sense of control. You know, we kind of feel that we can rely on the, you know, on the situation or the person. Uh, you know, there is no sort of uh, uh, nasty surprises around the corner. You know, we we kind of have this feeling of emotional certainty. We feel a sense of calmness and peace. And when there's certainty in a situation, it automatically reduces our stress levels. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be anxious about anything. So it reduces stress, but it also increases the chances for us being more vulnerable or the willingness to be more vulnerable. When vulnerable, when I when I trust a person or I trust a situation, chances are I'll open up a lot more. I'll be more vulnerable to share with people more of myself. In the context of a marriage, when I feel more trust, when I feel there is certainty, there is emotional safety, my partner has my sort of best, uh, you know, in mind and uh, in my well-being in mind, then ultimately I will be more more inclined to be vulnerable with my partner. The opposite is obviously equally true is that when there is a lack of trust, you know, vulnerability goes out the window, I close up shop, uh, I don't share my heart, I don't become vulnerable, I don't show my softer side, uh, and obviously increases my stress levels because I'm uncertain of the situation and my partner for whatever reason. Maybe trust has been broken in the past, maybe I just can't rely on my partner, whatever the case is. So, Quick, let's quickly talk about women's biggest need. I found this very interesting because I, I, came, I sort of came across this in some of the research done by John Gottman that I've referred to a few times before, and I will refer to a lot more in the future. 
John Gottman writes in his one book that women's biggest need, if you, if you really boiled it right down and you, you really took everything out of it, stripped everything out, and you just had to sort of identify and isolate one particular need, one particular thing that women are very obsessed about or they really want in a relationship, it is this need for trustworthiness. Women need to be able to trust their partners and their spouses. Now, what does trustworthiness in that context mean? What, what does it actually entail? Well, ultimately, it comes down to this very simple idea that a woman needs to know that her partner, her spouse's yes is his yes and his no is his no. Meaning that a man will or her partner will come through for her when he when he promises something, that he'll follow through, that he will, you know, be good as you know, he'll be good to his word, that when he said he'll do something, he'll do something. And when he says he's not gonna do something, he won't do it. Meaning that she can one hundred percent rely on his word. His yes is his yes and his no is his no. So he is trustworthy. Now, I thought about this because John doesn't really write about this, but I also just thought of this idea of trust from a man's perspective. And I kind of realized that as men, uh, we also want to be trusted. For us, it's almost more important to be trusted. And what that particular, you know, means in particular is that, you know, we, we kind of want to have this confidence that our partners have confidence in us, meaning that they trust in our ability or abilities, they trust in us, they trust in our decisions. Uh, so in a sense, we want to be trusted. When we feel that we are being trusted, we kind of, you know, it reduces our stress levels and we kind of become more vulnerable and more open to try more things. When we feel our partners don't trust us or they, you know, can't rely on us or we found that they, you know, we feel that they sort of doubt us or there is a sense of hesitation or they're skeptical of something, that kind of, you know, creates uh, an increase of stress levels or it, it, it sort of increases stress within us and it doesn't really make us feel very good. The problem, unfortunately, is, is in, and this is kind of where I see this happen all the time when I work with clients and probably even in my own life. If I have to go and uh, you know look at some examples, is that even though we as men want to be trusted, this is also oftentimes where we drop the ball. You know, we want to be trusted, but then we drop the ball. We want our partners, our wives, to trust us, but then we don't come through for them. We we want them to trust us, but then we don't stick to our word. We don't follow through on promises. We don't fo- follow through on our yeses. You know, or we say we won't do something, and then we'll go and do it. So you know. The reaction is then quite normal and to be expected in a sense is that we want their trust but then they can't give us their trust because we can't be trusted and so it becomes this sort of thing that feeds on itself that unfortunately breaks down trust either way or both ways and it's just not very helpful so the the thing is women want to be able to trust us and the funny thing is as men we want to be trusted and that's exactly where we sometimes you know miss each other so in this particular episode I want to dig into this idea of, well, okay, clearly trust is important for men and for women. So how can we actually go about building trust? And I want to give you a very simple, very short acronym uh, that you can use to guide you um, as you go about building trust. 
Okay, guys, so now we're going to talk about how to actually build trust. We just looked at why trust is important, why it's such a huge deal for women, and also how men kind of think about trust, or from my perspective anyway. So I quickly want to give you a simple strategy that you can use that I teach all my clients who want to build trust. Now, before we get into the actual sort of acronym, the strategy that you can use to build trust in your relationship, just a caveat. Obviously, if you're starting, in a sense, in a negative, you're starting behind the eight ball, meaning that you've got some level of distrust in your relationship for whatever reason. Maybe uh, somebody transgressed, maybe there's been some infidelity, maybe you know, something happened and it broke some level of trust between you as partners, then obviously you're going to have to, in a sense, be more consistent with this strategy and also double down, meaning you're going to probably have to do way more of this, uh, you know, for a lot longer and more consistently to ultimately, you know, get the result. But if you're just somebody that, or a couple that just wants to improve your levels of trust, then obviously this will be quite effective. But, you know, consistency uh, will obviously help with that. And the longer you do this and the harder you do this and the more you work this strategically into your relationship, the more benefit you will get. So uh, it kind of goes both ways. So if you can remember these five letters, trust, uh, each letter stands for a specific strategy, then you can remember how to do this. So the T, the R, the U, the S, and the T, that all spells trust. Each letter stands for a particular strategy. If you can remember these five, then ultimately, you know, you'd be able to master this particular technique. So let's talk about the first T first. So the T, the first T stands for trustworthiness. So the first question, obviously, that we've got to ask ourselves is, you know, when I thought about, well, what is required to build trust between two people? Well, the first thing uh, that is absolutely required to build trust is for the parties who want to have trust between each other to actually be trustworthy. I know it sounds, it's not rocket science and it sounds very, very simple, but think about it for a moment. If I know that the person I am trying to trust is very trustworthy, then ultimately that goes a very long way in terms of my ability to actually trust that person. But obviously the question becomes, well, what can we do to actually increase our level of trustworthiness? If we want our partner to really trust us and we want to come across as trustworthy, what do we have to do? Well, that kind of, you know, is sort of a second T uh, and that is the idea of transparency. If you want to increase your level of trustworthiness, you need to utilize the strategy of transparency, meaning the more open you can become, the more honest you can be, the more forthcoming you can be, just, you know, being an open book in itself, being completely 100% transparent will go a very, very long way in terms of your own level of trust, trustworthiness increasing over time. When I work with couples, this is usually something where a lot of people trip up. Uh, you know, whenever there's a lack of trust, it's usually usually because one or both of the partners have, uh, you know, sort of, they don't, they're not fully transparent. There are certain things that are under lockdown, certain things that they're quite secretive about certain things that their other partner or their partner doesn't know about, you know, or other family members don't know about, or, you know, it's just there is a level of being locked out of certain areas of one partner's life. That usually, in a sense, feeds uh, doubt. It feeds that level of secrecy. It, it feeds that level of, of uh, 
you know, a lack of trust uh, and so on. So if you want higher levels of trustworthiness, you've got to look at use, using and utilizing transparency as a way to actually do that. Now, if you've transgressed in the past, if you are somebody that, you know, crossed the line at some point and trust has been broken, then obviously this is one that you absolutely have to double down on. You cannot have for one moment, for one second in one area of your life any level of secrecy. You have to be completely open and transparent if you want to have any chance of your partner trusting you, uh, you know, uh, at higher levels moving forward. So the first here is trustworthiness and using transparency to actually increase that. The R stands for release and replace unhelpful or hurtful emotions um, in your relationship. Now, why that's important in terms of trust is that Oftentimes when, you know, our partners have, you know, they they kind of, they, they're sort of, you know, operating from or they're expressing very hurtful or very unhelpful emotions. Say, for example, that your partner is very explosive, meaning that he, you know, has these anger outbursts. Now, those anger outbursts might have nothing to do with your marriage or nothing to do with you or your family. But we know from research that when a man, for example, has these anger outbursts, just, just even our voice, the level in tone of our voice increasing actually uh, triggers a fight or flight response within a woman and ultimately that does not go towards or doesn't feed uh, you know you know into into increasing trust when your partner especially a woman you know who feels unsafe around her partner even emotionally unsafe that breaks trust and so ultimately if you want to increase your level of uh, trust in the relationship both parties have to one release unhelpful or hurtful emotions especially if the triggers or the things that kind of triggered those emotions got no, has nothing to do with with the relationship at all you've got to put things in perspective and keep things you know under wrap uh, or in check at least so a powerful way to start taking control of your relationship and trust within your relationship is actually to find a way to self-manage and to release, specifically release unhelpful or hurtful emotions. And if you can go one step further by replacing them with more helpful uh, or helping emotions, uh, that'll that'll obviously you know serve your relationship and your sort of level of trust uh, very well. And the reason for that is is because we know also from you know uh, studies on relationships that when a relationship has or has a uh, what we call an overall positive effect or an overall positive you know atmosphere or a temperature or whatever you want to call it ultimately when that is in place um, you know everything else in a sense becomes deflated so when there when there the, the feeling of and the atmosphere the temperature of a relationship is overall positive and it's good and it's healthy and uh, you know it's intimate and there's a lot of connection and stuff then when the bad stuff happen or when there are certain hiccups and the obstacles you know come along then those things in a sense lose their power they lose their impact or they lose their you know effectiveness so to speak but we also know that when there's an overall negative effect or an overall negative atmosphere temperature within a relationship for whatever reason then obviously you know everything else even the small things the small obstacles everything else becomes so much bigger and we also know that no amount of problem solving skills will actually help you when there is an overall negative effect or feeling or temperature within your relationship so you might know how to communicate well how to problem solve how to manage conflict well at work and in other areas of your life very well but those things won't help you when 
the overall feeling within your relationship is is negative. And so one or something that feeds into this overall emotional state or relational state is ultimately how well or how good you are to um, uh, with uh, releasing and replacing unhelpful and hurtful emotions. If you are, you know, not, not that great at managing your emotional state and you're just constantly reacting, constantly exploding, constantly just, you know, being triggered by all sorts of things, then ultimately you are going to create a sense of uncertainty within that relationship that is going to hurt your overall level of trust, especially in a man-female relationship. So the first one is trustworthiness, transparency, and then the R stands for release and replace unhelpful and hurtful emotions. You've got to work hard to manage your own emotional state. The U kind of adds to the T, the first T, and and, and I kind of, you know, have named this to have an unlocked kind of relationship. Now, something that I've learned working with clients now, you know, uh, for, for quite some time now, but also in my own relationship and, you know, knowing friends and, you know, having family members who are married and having observed this for quite some time is that ultimately the thing that will absolutely hurt your relationship I might even dare to say kill your relationship is secrecy. Whenever there are areas of your life that are sort of under lock and key, that's locked away, that's hidden, that's not accessible to your partner, even when they don't even want to you know, have access to it, it is just about the possibility of having access. When a partner is locked out of an area of your life, ultimately that goes, you know, that hurts you in the long run. So the U stands for having an unlocked kind of relationship, meaning that the areas, all areas of your life as a partner is accessible to your partner, meaning that if they wanted to, they are kind of, you know, they have access to it. They they can know. Again, there is complete 100% transparency. You have an unlocked relationship, an unlocked an arrangement. Whenever that's non-existent, whenever there is an area that is, you know, that that cuts them out, or they're outside in the cold, that hurts your overall level of trust. Um, that will hurt your relationship in the long run. So, uh, TRU, trustworthy, release and replace, and then the use for unlocked. The S stands for show commitment. Now, what I mean by that is, is that a thing that goes a long way towards feeding or adding to your level of trustworthiness or your level of trust, um, but also your own level of being perceived as trustworthy is when you are committed, when you show commitment to your relationship. Now, again, this is something hugely important for for females that they want to see their male partners, their men, the men in their lives, show commitment, and it's and it's usually through actions, small actions. When we show through small commitment, you know. Small more consistent actions that our partners, our wives, our women are important to us, what that does is it feeds that, again, that basic human need of certainty. It feeds and it creates that emotional safety. A woman then knows or your wife knows where she stands with you and ultimately it goes a long way towards her trusting you and you being perceived as trustworthy. Why? Because there is no question to your loyalty. There's no question to your allegiance. There's no question to where your commitment is. So she Showing commitment goes a long way in terms of building trust, and when you do that consistently through small actions of affection and commitment and certainty uh, and providing a safe atmosphere, a safe environment for your wife, that again, that goes a long way to building trust. Now, of course, it goes both ways, but we know from research and from experience that this is especially you know, true for, for our wives, that they want to experience that from uh, their husbands. And so 
we as as the guys in these relationships, we need to work very, very hard to show commitment, especially, you know, when we're busy, especially when, you know, life gets in the way. Um, we've got to find the way to show commitment in the smallest of ways. If we do it in the small ways, it will count big points in, you know, at the end of the day. Coming to the last T, that T stands for time. You've got to take the time to restore your connection. Usually when trust is broken or when trust has been lost or when there is a sort of a low level of trust, the connection usually or has either has suffered or is suffering. And uh, the last strategy that you've got to utilize and tap into or make part of your overall strategy to regain trust and build trust again is to take the time, you know, prioritize your relationship, but also take the time specifically to restore your connection with your partner. Like I said in some of the previous episodes, and I will keep hammering this point uh, until everyone gets this, is that usually when a couple is struggling with certain relationship problems, it is because the connection that used to have has become unraveled it's uh, the glue has become sort of you know uh, unstuck in a sense and so if you want to regain trust if you want to sort of you know regain that love you've got to restore connection you've got to heal that bond between you and your partner and do that consistently now I want to give you five six ways to do that very specifically without going it in too much depth but there are six things that I would encourage you to consider uh, that will go a long way towards you restoring that connection. The first one is to simply take the time to do so. When you take the time, when you make time for your partner, when you spend time alone with your partner, quality time as some couples call it, then what you do is you're meeting one of our basic human needs, again, the need for certainty. It goes a long way towards showing commitment. It also goes a long way towards being, you know, uh, feeding into or displaying transparency because you're with your partner and he or she knows where you know, what you're up to and where you're at. Um, and it just goes a long way towards, uh, you know, creating, you know, or restoring that connection with your partner. So spending time with them. The second one is to not just simply spend time with them, but to actually, you know, engage in fun activities. When we play together as a couple, that goes a long way in terms of releasing oxytocin, you know, which is a bonding hormone. And ultimately, you know, when we have fun together, we play together, you know, it also creates a sense of variety, meaning, you know, we break out of the ruts that sometimes really turn our marriages into a boring, mundane thing that we really dislike. So don't just spend time together, but actually engage in fun activities, create some variety, engage in things that you've never done before, do things that you both, or do things that you both enjoy, make the time to go and do that. That goes a long way towards creating connection, something that talking sometimes aren't you know, can't even do. Um, because when we engage in activities that we both enjoy, uh, you know, just so much good, you know, come, you know, that just that experience and the feelings that generate just serves, you know, such a, you know, big, uh, just goes a long way towards creating and restoring connection between us. The third thing to create or restore connection is to constantly compliment each other and actually avoid from criticizing each other. When we compliment each other every day, even though there might be a lot of things to complain about, you know, when we compliment each other, you're actually pointing out the things about your partner you love, the things that you actually like, the things that you appreciate. What I see with unhappy couples conversely is that they spend a lot of time criticizing each other. Now, what's the difference between criticism and complaining? Well, criticism is when you're actually attacking the person where 
whereas complaining is behavior focused or issue focused. When we sort of, uh, you know, get that mixed up and we start criticizing our partners, it becomes a personal attack versus complaining about stuff. When we complain about stuff or our partners complain about behaviors or complain about, you know, socks on the floor or dirty laundry, you know, next to the laundry basket, that type of thing, that ultimately is something that we, you know, can deal with. But when our personality, when we as a person, uh, you know, are being attacked, that obviously doesn't go across or come, you know, uh, very well. So we've got to avoid doing that. But, you know, on top of that, if we can focus and and make a real effort with complimenting each other, really praising each other, especially in public, man, that just goes such a long way in terms of creating a sense of significance and importance for each other that, again, restores that sense of connection um, that our partner, you know, our partner wants with us and we want with our partner. But we oftentimes kind of wait for each other to take the first step. Just start complimenting your partner, really start praising them, especially in public. Start pointing out specifically the things that you really appreciate and love about them and tell them, you know, just tell them, do it tonight, just tell them. Um, the, the fourth one is romance. Now, I'm going to do a whole episode on how to increase romance in your, in a busy marriage. So that's going to be in, a, in another episode. But just start thinking about, you know, if you want to restore connection, you've got to start reintroducing romance into your relationship. Why? Because we're not flatmates. We're not roommates. You know, ultimately, we are a married, you know, we're married couples. And so if we, we need to be different from just, you know, a normal friendship, we need to be different from just being flatmates or roommates or whatever it is, you know, uh, and, and romance is usually that that differentiator. But unfortunately, when, you know, we get stuck in the day-to-day mundane stuff, we typically fall into a rut and romance goes out the windows. Everything else gets our priority. Everything else gets our attention uh, and becomes priority. And so romance goes out the window. But if we want to really restore our connection on a much more lasting and deeper level, we have to look at romance and say, you know, what can we do? to recover, restore, and heal our romance. Now, again, depending on where you're at, if if there's distrust, this is going to be a tough one, but hopefully this can be part of your aim, you know, the thing to aim for to reach that level again where you can be romantic with your partner, you know, in a sincere manner once trust has been restored and healed and regained. Uh, the fifth, second to last way to restore connection is to, you know, try and experience uh, something new together. You know, this feeds our need for growth as people. We we kind of unconsciously, I think, have this desire to keep expanding, to keep growing and experiencing new things. That's why couples can go on, on a holiday vacation to a new place and just have an absolute, almost like a honeymoon experience because, the you know, it's there's a lot of novelty. There's a lot of newness. There's a lot of something else. And um, now I know we can't always, you know, just jump on a cruise uh, ship and go away for a week or 10 days. And I know we can't always just go to the Cook Islands, you know, whenever we want or to wherever it is, you know, um, on a safari or, or whatever the case is. But with that being the case, it still doesn't negate the sort of need that we have to experience new things together as a couple, especially, because it goes a long way to restore connection. When we have what some experts call, you know, experiences of shared meaning, then ultimately, you know, that goes a long way to restore the bond and the connection we have with each other. So we've got to become strategic with this. How can we experience new things uh, together? 
together on a regular basis. What, what does your situation or circumstances allow for? That's something you've got to you know consider and think about. The last one to restore connection is to give freely to each other without expecting anything in return. Oftentimes when couples give to the other, then we kind of, you know, give with this expectation of reciprocity, meaning that we kind of, we are only giving because somehow unconsciously we have this expectation that our partner needs to return a favor. The problem is, is that that's not truly giving. That is something else. That's either trading or, you know, or or it's a sale or whatever the case is. It's a loan perhaps. But if we truly want to experience the power that giving has, we need to change the expectation and the energy that we give with when we give to our partners freely without expecting expecting anything in return what that actually does is actually feeds back into that connection that we need that will ultimately feed you know trust or heal trust again but whenever our our partners kind of you know know on some level that there is an agenda there is an expectation there is some you know under underlying hope or something what that actually does is it just furthers hurts the trust um, that that's that's already you know kind of you know on wonky on a wonky foundation and, and and kind of a bit wobbly. So it's only when we give freely without expectation. There is no expectation of reciprocity that we can actually you know create restore that connection with our partner because now we're giving of ourselves. And when that is done without expectation, that goes a long way to restore the bond with our partner. Because when we do it in that way, we're communicating, you're this important to me that I want to give something to you and that it's absolutely free. I'm giving to you because I sincerely love you and you're an important person in my life. That goes a long way, guys. So there you've got it. You know, we, we can say more about this, but that, that'll give you a start. T-R-U-S-T, you know, trustworthiness, release and replace, um, you know, have an unlocked relationship, show commitment, and take the time to restore your connection. Uh, if you've got more questions on this, just send it to me at therelationshipguy.com. I'd be happy to answer that. Um, but other than that, I hope this served you guys. Um, trust is important, but you've got to make it happen. Remember, the most powerful thing is, is that trust needs to be earned. And when somebody gives you their trust, please treat it with honor and with respect and is a very valuable asset because once it is lost, especially in a marriage, once it is lost, it is very, very difficult, very hard to get back. And it is very detrimental to a marriage's long-term well-being if there isn't any trust. And trust me, whenever it's been hurt, whenever there's distrust, it takes a long time and a lot of hard work to regain that trust. So once you have it, take care of it and take care of each other. So guys, as I always say, um, I hope this served you and we will talk with each other soon in our, in our next episode. Um, I forgot what the, the topic is, but you know, look out for the next episode. And uh, in the meantime, as I always say, go and live and love fully, take care of each other, and we will see each other soon. See you guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of Marriage on Fire. If you found today's show helpful, please make sure to follow and share it with someone you think needs to hear this. Also, take a moment and head over to therelationshipguy.com to connect with Gideon directly. Again, thanks for listening, and make sure to tune in soon for our next episode of Marriage on Fire.